0: In his book, Code and Other Laws of Spiderspace, Lawrence Lessig, professor of law at Stanford University, argues that the future design of the internet depends on the actions we take to define it. He writes that in order to protect freedom on the internet, we need to take measures to safeguard the values we cherish. He criticizes the belief that the Internet is a sovereign entity without ties to the traditional legal system and warns that this fallacy could lead to the demise of core values such as free speech, privacy, and anonymity. To maintain these values and, and to save the Internet from overregulation, Lessig believes that the most effective form of regulation online is through architecture, architecture where code is law. As we heard last week with the Ethereum Classic segment, Turning your back on CODIS law can cause uproars and significant rifts in, dest- in stable communities. In today's show, we'll discuss the Ethereum Improvement Proposal 999. This proposal can be deemed necessary by some because the Ethereum protocol does not allow the restoration of self destructed contracts. There is no simple way to enable the affected users and companies access to their tokens or- and Ether. With the proposal in mind, the goal is that this will not change any Ethereum virtual machine semantics, and tries to achieve the goal of unfreezing the funds by a single-state transition. And with all this in mind, let's start the show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Christian here, recording from the Five Star Crypto Podcast Studio. Alex and I are really excited to have you all listen today.
1: We sure are, man. Last week, we discussed the DAO hack and the hard fork that allowed the Ethereum and Ethereum Classic chains to be given to us, like a gift from the heavens. We are also given the opportunity this week to discuss OMG in my recent episode, episode 15. And excited to be talking about EIP999 today.
0: Yes, guys. But before we get started, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Fireside underscore crypto and on our Facebook and Instagram page at FiresideCrypto.
1: And like we said last week, don't forget to check out our subreddit r slash Fireside Crypto podcast where you'll be able to interact with us, ask questions, see the articles that we review and dissect, along with the general ideas and encouraging members of the community doing their research and learning.
0: All right, man, I think they got the gist. So to simplify what Alex said, follow us on Twitter at Fireside Crypto underscore crypto to chat with us and our subreddit to discuss current news, projects and more. Now, let's not keep you guys waiting since time is money. Here I go with Ethereum Improvement Proposal 999. As a bit of background, the Parity Multisig library was hacked for 150,000 ETH in July 2017. Afterward, it was relaunched with a new vulnerability. In November 2017, the Parity wallet funds were frozen after a GitHub user by the name DevOps199 disclosed that they had compromised the Parity Multisig wallet library contract. And at the time, the code had two bugs one which would instantly delete the contract using a kill function, and the other enabled anyone to assume ownership of the entire contract. DevOps 999 decided to test the functionality of the kill bug to see the results.
1: And what was the result that you asked? The contract underwent a self-destruction process, freezing all wallets that were operating under the parity library contract, Uh, 587 wallets holding approximately 513,000 ETH were rendered inaccessible instantly. In 2017, the total worth of ETH stored in the wallets was estimated at $150 but since they have prized the value at a little bit over $260 million. We should also note that this estimate does not include the value of the ERC-20 tokens that were also included in the wallets.
0: I know this may sound all crazy to you guys, and you will definitely be wondering why after you were hacked in July, why would you relaunch so soon in November? Not really taking the time to get the code structured correctly and the bugs fixed. That's the million dollar question guys. So let us know your view on this and drop us a line here at on Twitter at fireside underscore crypto.
1: And to bring more scrutiny to Parity, it was identified in August 2017 on GitHub. Someone reported the flaw, but since it was not classified as a critical security flaw, it was more or less ignored.
0: Man, you would think that Judas Steiner and Gavin Wood would be extremely receptive of all the input regarding bugs since they mentioned many times it's part of this newly-aged ecosystem in regards to when they were asked about the bugs and the problems. If that was indeed the case, they should have viewed and verified every user-identified flaw, wouldn't you say, Alex?
1: I mean, I think they're just, I don't know, man. they I think they're just trying to make sure everything gets done perfectly. They're not trying to, or I don't really know. Maybe they're also trying to move fast and break things as their, uh, as their phrase always goes. Well, uh, we just have to see. Hopefully these guys have good intentions. I mean, we've seen from Gavin in the past that he does have those good intentions. Um, he does have a good head on his shoulders. He does typically know what he's doing. Um, i mean and when it comes to bugs like this they're just they're creating these very complex and innovative contracts with code that otherwise most developers don't really know i mean i'm a programmer man i don't know solidity i mean it looks like a lot of other languages but i mean i don't know its inner workings i don't know exactly how it works down to its core level um but i mean and in, in terms of like what what you said about the developer uh going on github to um, like report the bug and it not being like claimed as a critical issue. I think that's kind of a uh, definitely misstep by the developers. I mean, this whole thing is a community effort, no. So you should be really taking the advice of whatever advice you get. Any advice is good advice, I guess you could say. Um, you should really just look into everything. I guess you could say, um, yeah, what do you think, man?
0: No, man, definitely the community approach. This is what we're here for, the community. So, you know, you got to talk to the same friends and developers who are trying to advance, uh, you know, Ethereum, you know. But I know, well, let's get back. I know some of you are waiting for the good part, saying, damn, Fireside, I know this shit already. I did my due diligence. Give me more. But before we do that, to our listeners who are fresh on the block, <laughs> welcome to the Distributed Ledger Ecosystem. We're happy to, that you chose to learn about blockchain and grateful you're listening to us. Let's go over the basics and understanding of an Ethereum Improvement Proposal.
1: Some of you guys might be asking though, what the fuck is an EIP? Well, an EIP stands for Ethereum Improvement Proposal. An EIP is a document that provides information to the Ethereum community or describes a new feature for Ethereum, its processes, or its environment. The EIP should be given a brief technical condition of the function and the foundation for the feature. The EIP author is responsible for building consensus within the community and documenting the opinions of those not in favor.
0: So the role of an EIP is to bring up potential changes that should be made, right? Exactly. An an EIP's intention is to be the primary mechanism for proposing new features, for collecting community input on an issue, and for documenting the design decisions that have gone into Ethereum. Because the EIPs are maintained as a text file in the repository, their vision history is historical record of the future proposal.
1: For Ethereum implementers, EIPs are a convenient way to track the progress of their implementation. Ideally, each implementation maintainer would be able to list the EIPs that they have implemented. This would give the end users a convenient way to know and look back at the current status of any given implementation or library.
0: So there are three types of EIPs, which we will go over. The first one being a standard track EIP, which describes any change that affects most or all Ethereum implementations. Those would consist as changes to the network protocol, a change in block or transaction validity rule, uh, changes to the proposed application standards, or even an amendment or additions that affects the ability for the projects to interact with each other using Ethereum.
1: Continuing on the standard track EIP, they primarily focus on four things. The core, networking, interface, and ERC. Core are the improvements for which requiring a consensus fork. For example, EIP-5, which focused on a gas cost for return values, EIP-101 allows for a substantial increase in generality cryptographic algorithms used to secure accounts, reducing the level of indirection required from custom policy accounts, such as multisigs, and it also simplifies the underlying Ethereum protocol. It also reviews and changes things that aren't necessarily crucial to the consensus protocol, but that may be relevant to the core developer discussions. For example, the changes of two, three, and four of EIP 86, which addressed the miner node strategy.
0: Next, we have Networking. Networking includes improvements around EIP-8, which are changes to the dev peer-to-peer, peer-to-peer wire protocol, which allows older versions to interact still and not refuse communication with each other, and also it brings into the Light Ethereum sub which enables users to maintain high security assurance about particular parts of the Ethereum state and verifies the execution of a transaction.
1: We continue with interface, which includes improvements to client API slash RPC specifications and standards. And also uses a specific language level standards like method names, and the discussion should primarily occur in the repository repository before an EIP is submitted to the EIP's repository. And finally, ERC.
0: ERC is an application level standard and conventions including contract standards such as token standards, which you may also know as ERC-20, for name registries like ERC-26, ERC-137. We also have URI schemes like ERC-67. We have library packages and, and formats for EIP-82 and wallet formats like EIP-75 and EIP-85.
1: Now that we have finished our primary four focuses of the standard track EIP, we'll move into the informational EIPs which are used to describe Ethereum's design issues or provide general guidelines or information to the Ethereum community, but it, can't, but it cannot propose a new feature. Informational IPPs or EIPs do not necessarily represent Ethereum community consensus or recommendations. So users and implementers, you can either take the time to read someone's hard work on an informational EIP, or you can just not give a rat's ass and do your own due diligence. Per GitHub, informational EIPs are up to the discretion of the user if they want to follow or ignore them.
0: And finally, the third and final EIP is Meta EIP. Meta EIP describes a process for owning Ethereum and proposes a change to the process. Processes EIPs are like standard track EIPs, but apply to the areas other than Ethereum protocol itself. They may recommend an implementation, but not to Ethereum's code base which often require community consensus, but unlike informational EIPs, they are more than recommendations and users are typically not free to ignore them. Examples include procedures, guidelines, changes to the decision-making process and changes to the tools or environments used in Ethereum development. Any meta, meta EIP is also considered a process EIP.
1: Okay guys, now that you've learned about the three EIP options, you wanna know how it will work and how does it flow? Well, the EIP process begins with a new idea for Ethereum, the more focused the EIP, the more successful it tends to be obviously, and a change to one client doesn't necessarily require an EIP, a move that affects multiple clients or defines a standard for various apps to use and does. Each EIP must have a champion which is someone who writes the EIP utilizing the style and format. Once the champion has asked the Ethereum community whether an idea has any chance of acceptance, a draft EIP should be presented as a pull request. What is a pull request you might ask for those unfamiliar with GitHub? Pull requests let you tell others about the changes that you have pushed to the GitHub repository. Once a pull request is sent, interested parties can then review the set of changes, discuss potential modifications, and even drive follow-up commits if necessary.
0: If the EIP editors approve the EIP, and the authors are happy for it to be merged as a draft, the EIP editor will assign the EIP a number and join your pull request. The EIP editor will not unreasonably deny an EIP. Reasons for rejecting EIP status include duplication of effort, being technically unsound, and not providing proper motivation, or addressing backward compatibility, or not even keeping the Ethereum philosophy.
1: Standard Track EIPs consist of three parts, a design document, implementation, and finally, an accepted update to the formal specification. The EIP should be reviewed and approved before execution has begun, unless implementation will aid people in studying the EIP. Standard Track Core core EIPs must be implemented in at least three viable Ethereum clients before being considered final. For an
0: EIP to be accepted, it must meet specific minimum criteria. It must be a clear and complete description of the proposal enhancement, and the enhancement must represent a net improvement. The proposed implementation must be reliable and must not complicate the protocol excessively.
1: Once the EIP has been accepted, the implementations must be completed. When the implementation is completed and accepted by the community, the status will be changed to final. An EIP can also be assigned status of deferred. The EIP author or editor can assign the EIP the status when no progress is being made on the EIP. Once an EIP is deferred, the EIP editor can then reassign it to a draft status. An EIP can also be rejected, which which I guess, after all is said and done, was probably not a good idea. But it is still important to have a record of that.
0: Now that you've learned the three categories of EIPs and their focuses, let us know what you think. Have any of you already started your draft? Any of you find any suitable changes that should be made? If you have, please know that it's not as hard as it sounds. Well, to an extent, you have to know the basics of coding, but templates are available for to use on Ethereum's GitHub to help you.
1: And on a history note, guys, you know I'm a history buff, referencing back to episode 7 of the Bitcoin Timeline. It's interesting to know what the EIP information was actually derived from. In uh, Bitcoin's use case, they used these things called Bitcoin Improvement Proposals. And uh, the Bitcoin BIP001 was written by Amir Takai, which in turn was derived from Python's PEP001 Improvement Proposal which from what we gathered in many places was just simply copied and modified over from Python. Although the PEP 001 text was written by Barry Warsaw, Jeremy Heitlin, and David Goodger, they're not responsible for its use in the Ethereum improvement process.
0: Before we begin to dive into the Ethereum Improvement Proposal 999, let's lay down some facts of this proposal. EIP 999 does not propose transferring any money nor does it suggest moving any funds. EIP-999 only offers restoring access to inaccessible funds. Also, a popular misconception is that Parity lost Ether. This is false. Parity did not lose access to any Ether, but their users and their customers did.
1: Nick Johnson also added his two cents to this proposal. If you guys remember, Nick Johnson is the lead developer and architect for the Ethereum naming service, which we did cover in episode 12 if you guys would like to take a look. Nick Johnson is also in favor of EIP999. He said, I simply think recovering funds is both more technically sound and more honest than the original proposal to modify the self-destruct opcode. Since the code only targets the lost 513,000 Ethereum Ether, Nick believes that this may convince the community to support the decision. Quoting again, Speaking personally, I'm in favor of helping people recover lost funds if the cost to do so is low relative to the funds being recovered. The owner is unambiguous and the funds are definitely locked up. I think the case with the parity multi-sig bug fits all three criteria, said Nick Johnson, of course.
0: So guys, what do you think so far? A simple mistake found by a user which didn't get fixed or addressed on time, cost Moda, IMMLA, TapTrust, Economy, Polkadot, and others in accessibility to their funds.
1: Exactly, guys. They all lost their uh, access to funds. So, what should we do? How do you guys feel? Where do you guys come uh, come from? Where would you turn for help? Put yourself in these company shoes and let us know what you guys think on Twitter. Uh, we also have our subreddit on uh, Reddit, if you guys heard earlier, our slash Fireside Crypto Podcast. Where we would love to hear your uh, opinion on our posts. Exactly. Please do.
0: Now, I know some of you are out there going, they're going to be asking, Christian, wouldn't the EIP-999 require the altering of every subsequent backhash? Um, and to that, I say, well, usually yes, since changing what code is presents an address, that should be changing its history in some way, which would trigger changing block hashes. But the implementation of e- EIP 999 would, would be to do this in the node software, not in the blockchain data itself. So the blockchain data still shows that the code self-destructed, but clients would be ignoring that and instead return to the fixed contract code.
1: Continuing with EIP-999, the wallet library which caused all this mess was used by the parity wallet and to reduce the gas costs for users deploying multi-signature wallets on the Ethereum blockchain. It contained a basic function such as confirming or revoking multi-signature transactions for any wallet deployed that depends on this library. The proposal suggested restoring the wallet library by a patched version, which would allow the owners of the dependent multi-signature wallets to access their assets once again.
0: Now, you've heard the proposal, which merely suggests restoring the wallet library with a patched version to allow the owners access to their funds again. Well, let's go over what the community consensus was.
1: Voting on the proposal took place via a coin vote, which permitted those affected wallets to vote with the frozen ETH by signatures, which after much debate within the Ethereum community, the final vote tally was expectedly tight with the EIP 999 receiving 330 votes. No. And 300 votes. Yes. And nine impartial don't care votes. Damn, dude, I love those nine people.
0: Now, some of you may find the result unsurprisingly, given that the Ethereum community's history of resistance towards recovering self-destructive contracts, is always in despair in the case of the eip 999 parodies, parodies would be the only library to receive a patch which has led to the interpretation that the highly ranked individuals from parody are merely trying to implement the change just for their benefit as opposed to benefiting the greater ethereum community at large
1: isn't that always how it goes man it just it just matters whose money it is who's got the, who's got the bigger stake in the game The philosophical debate, however, over the return of the lost funds is nothing new to the Ethereum community. After the DAO hack of nearly 60 million Ether in June 2016, those in favor of the blockchain's immutability split away from the Ethereum and formed the Ethereum Classic chain, which notably kept the money with the hackers, citing the code is law law. You can know more about the DAO hack, which is in episode 13, and the Ethereum Classic fork, which we focused on in episode 14.
0: Now, do you agree with the voting results? Do you think lost or stolen funds should be returned via hard forks or a software patches in the cryptocurrency space? Let us know what you think at fireside underscore crypto.
1: I also really quick, if we have time, would like to bring out the comment that I found from Twitter from Ari Paul. Uh, the comment was, I don't have a strong opinion on EIP 999, but rolling it out to a broader upgrade is kind of the congressional omnibus spending bill. If you can't get a community to accept your law or EIP, you can attach it to something more popular and force people to accept it all or nothing. I don't know about you guys, but that 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 struck a chord with me, man. That really just nearly hit it and hit the nail on the
0: head. Exactly. This comment got me thinking as well because I mean, we all know that Gavin, he's one of the original co-founders with Vitalik and um just You know, the idea of this community holding so much power when it comes to economics might not sit well with people. And I wouldn't be surprised if later on or further down a few years from now, changes are done to the EIPs where you can piggyback other proposals. But at least for the safekeeping for now, that is impossible since you have to state your intention when choosing an EIP.
1: Damn, man, let's just let's hope not. But fine, I'll I'll play devil's advocate for you guys. If EIP-999 is to get executed, a hard fork would be mandatory since the Ethereum protocol does not permit the reinstatement of self-destructed contracts.
0: And with that, we hope you've received a much detailed understanding of EIPs and EIP-999. From my perspective, EIP-999 would have allowed the users access to their funds, which were blocked by the contract being destroyed. It definitely wasn't a serious issue like when we had the split between Ethereum Classic and then Ethereum 2.0 2.0 I guess but I do see the f- concerns of the community because it's creating a dangerous precedent although I wouldn't I wouldn't have voted in favor of it now that we've seen the facts of and the technicality of it we can only imagine that the future bugs are are going to be addressed sooner and accepted by everyone the ethereum community is stronger and they seem to know what they want and that what they want is the best for ethereum so recommendations for all users should be accepted And notice so that problems can be addressed much quicker than with parity.
1: And with that, guys, we hope that you enjoyed today's show of the Fireside Crypto Podcast. Please share this with your friends so we can keep growing. Uh, You can follow us on Twitter at Fireside underscore crypto, Instagram and Facebook at Fireside Crypto.
0: And don't forget to interact with us on Fireside Crypto Podcast subreddit. Um, From the Fireside Crypto Podcast, I'm Christian.
1: And I'm Alex, Signing signing off.